Oh, welcome, welcome, welcome to everybody's favorite cinema podcast, Looking California and Feeling Minnesota. My name is Michael McCaffrey. I'm the Looking California portion of the program. I'm a, a writer who is uh, occasionally in Los Angeles, California, and I'm joined by Barry Anderson, who's a top-notch, uh, much sought-after director from the Twin Cities in Minnesota. Barry, how are you doing today, buddy? Doing fabulous. Just got back from big shoot in Dallas, Texas, and uh, everybody in Texas, I apologize because whenever I come into town, unseasonably cold weather follows. So uh, last year it was the great Texas storm, and this year it's just you know thirty degrees around Texas. So it was it was eighty degrees before I got there, and it's eighty to ninety when I left. But those couple days of thirty degrees, you're welcome, Texas. Yes, you you are welcome, Texas. See, Barry's a mover and a shaker, and that's why we haven't had a podcast in, in a little bit, because uh, he's been so busy. But we're back today, and today we're going to do some catching up. We're going to do some house cleaning, because yep. we missed the Oscar nominations came out. So we're going to talk Oscar nominations. We're going to talk sort of the state of cinema yep. in our world. And coming out this week, we are recording this uh, March 2nd uh wednesday coming out tomorrow night is the batman which is the big movie everybody so we're excited we're gonna do a little batman talk a little uh oscar talk a little cinema talk a little life talk as always and uh let's start off with the oscars barry first of all here there's some news from the oscars is it, the, is it the fact that it's the first time in three years we're getting hosts? Yes. Is it the fact that they're going to take some of the most prominent awards and just move them <laughs> off of television because we don't care about them? Or is it the fact that they decide not to nominate any good movies so nobody's going to care about the Oscars? Is it A, B, or C, or is it D, Mike's special? <laughs> it's, it's, it's D, all of the above. Okay, okay. So let's start off with, yeah, they're going to have hosts this year. So the Oscars, everybody should know, the Oscars are March 27th. Um, so just, you know, a little over three weeks away. Very excited. Um, they haven't had hosts for like three years or something, right? Something like that? I think it's been three years now, yep. Yeah, and uh, they're going to have hosts this year. And the hosts are, I hope everybody's sitting down, uh, Amy Schumer, Wanda Sykes, and Regina Hall are the three hosts this year. Um, huh. So. Do, am I, 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 am I, I supposed to react to that? Or I don't know. Are you going to react I, to that? Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll just say this uh, about those three people. Um, I don't know why you have three hosts of, of that caliber at all because you're not you're not going to draw in an audience nobody's like oh my god wanda sykes is hosting the oscars i mean if she's on here's another one here's an amy schumer was like at the height of her popularity in like 2015 like that's seven years ago and now she's doing tampon commercials and regina hall i could i i work in this industry okay now this might be an indictment of me but I wouldn't know Regina Hall if I stumbled over her. I have you, no clue. You clearly did not watch HBO then and the uh, 
what's his name from uh the writer of lost that's now doing shows but he did the uh the jj abrams no 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 the um oh my gosh uh hang on a second stall for me where i uh oh da- damon damon Lindelof? yeah lil lil off but they did the watchmen together no no they didn't no they didn't barry they that's didn't? what i did at first that's not regina hall oh you're right that's regina king <laughs> you're right you're right that's you're what right. happened to me at first i'm like regina king didn't she do something at last year's Oscars? and then i'm like wait that's regina hall who the hell is regina hall i don't know who no. this person is yeah no regina king has won an oscar Right. If it were yeah. Regina King, I go, oh, that kind of makes sense. She has an Oscar. So Regina Hall has been in um, Gary movie. Oh, dear. Uh, here's here's the list of them. Oh, Jesus, I'm looking at this. Yeah, she was in the scary movie series, which I, I'm not exactly sure. That's a great thing. Um, about last night. <laughs> Vacation, girls trip, the hate you give. I'm I'm gonna I mean, say this. I've I've seen some of her movies and I I don't I don't mind Regina Hall. Um I would like to know how how she got picked to be a host. And here's a big question I have because I don't even care anymore because honestly, I was a little concerned when they went away from hosts. Yeah. Even though they had so many terrible hosts in the last 15, 20 years. I mean, who will ever forget David Letterman, Uma, Oprah? I mean one of the big low points of uh, Oscar history. Uh, but the Oscars worked pretty well without a host. And I think the reason that it worked well without a host is because it's been such a long time we've had a good host <laughs> that if it doesn't add something to the show, then a host is unnecessary. And I think, I know, I think it's probably partly your age of when you were watching the Oscars, but Billy Crystal is still like beloved and revered for his yeah. hosting duties at the Oscar. And he's as close as we had to like a, um, you know, a, a Bob Hope or something like that, where you used to have people who were professional hosts. Now we yeah. have Ryan Seacrest. I can't imagine Ryan Seacrest hosting the Academy Awards because he's a host, but not a entertainer. You had entertainers right. that were hosts and that is basically a dead job. Like nobody does that job anymore. And I think, that's more of a problem for the Academy Awards because they don't kind of like vaudeville was like a thing that died because everything's now video. Most people aren't right. doing performing in front of a live audience to hone their craft while entertaining people. You know, you go to Vegas for a show, they have a warm up act, they come on. It's not, you know, there's not that same lifelong craft building of being an entertainer host. And so, you know, when we, when we hypothesize who would be a good host, the best we ever come up with is like a really strong performer who's got some comedy chops but that doesn't always translate well to then being on stage because a lot of times they neuter kind of what they can do for jokes. So right. like if someone's yeah. is X, they'll be like, well, don't do that. And people are like, well, they weren't funny. And I'm like, well, <laughs> you took away the parts that made them funny and then said, no. So, I, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit shocked. They went back to hosts, especially if they're trying to trim down time and boot out part of the awards yeah. they give away live. It seems like that doesn't make sense because also you know, the Academy Awards have been somewhat well received without a host. Like, you know, it's not like. Have they? Well, 
I'm saying that they haven't gotten the back. The Oscars haven't been like liked in probably a decade. So that's nothing. Right. Yeah. I'm just saying like, I mean, no, you're, been, you're right. There's, there's been less backlash. Yeah. I mean, like you, you would have thought, you would have heard like if it was just train wreck and you can't, and you're like, wow, this is awful. Yeah. You know, it'd be like, you know, going to a baseball game without a pitcher and you're like, well, this doesn't work. You need them to move the game along. Something has to happen. Right. And that hasn't been the case. I'm not saying that the Oscars have been awesome without a host. I'm just saying that it was a part that didn't, when it went away, people weren't like, oh, now I can't watch this. And so it just is weird that they're coming back without any sort of star power. You know, this would be the year that you dust off Billy Crystal and you say, okay, you want $10 million? <laughs> Come back and give us, you know, do something to kind of rebirth it. And I don't, I don't think that's what they're doing here. And so I'll be curious to see how liked it is because I, I tend to think if you're not a strong performer, you're not going to be liked as the host. So it's like a lose, lose situation. And I would have, and I would have liked to have seen, I'm going to be honest. I would have liked to have seen Kevin Hart, give it a try. Like his energy and stuff. I'm not sure he would have been any good because some, I've watched some of his comedy and sometimes it's just like, you wind him up and he goes and there's no focus to the comedy and he plays better right. sometimes off of people, but he, he would be a mold that they should have went back to. Well, of- uh, imagine if uh, you had the rock and Kevin Hart hosting together. Yeah. Right. Because they're, they're like a little, they're a funny little duo. Yeah. They're, because they're- Kevin, and, and here's the thing with, Amy Schumer and Wanda Sykes. Anyway, I, I have no idea about Regina Hall, but like Amy Schumer's humor is pretty raunchy, and that's yeah. what got her popular. Yep. And He's you not can't really that. do that. Nope. Yeah. A- and the thing with hosts versus no hosts is that hosts have to bring something now. Right. It wasn't always that way, but now they have to bring something. You can't just sort of be the host and. But if you go out there and you're putting let me, stuff let me out change, there, let me change the term. Sorry, to interrupt. We keep saying host, and a host is an entertainer. What they're having now is just an MC. These people just come up, read cue card, throw to the next yeah. thing. So they're yeah. hiring MCs, not hosts. Right. But the weird thing is, is that so the ratings for the Oscars have been in steep decline for you know over a decade, and. Their debt last year was lowest ceremony ever watched ceremony. There were like 10 million people watched or something. Whereas, you know, uh, in 2010 or 11, I think it was 40 million, you know. So there's trouble, obviously. There's the the awards are floundering. Yeah. But when without the hosts, the Oscars have to figure out what they are. If they want to be popular, People just don't watch TV like they used to, number one. And number two, having hosts and things like that, it's really difficult because if you get the job, say like Kevin Hart, then you have all that time because you can't just hire at the last minute. Then you have all that time leading up to it where people can nitpick and there can be movements against the person. Just like Kevin Hart, he loses the job. And then the night of the performance, you really can't please anybody. You know, there's just no pleasing anyone. But what they're doing now, and there's going to be bits in this show, and I hate the bits. And there's going to be little things, you know, musical numbers, the whole thing. But they're also taking out awards, and they're not doing them live. So, like, editing, 
which, you know, kind of an important part of the process. It, it's like they're, they're taking these things out and it's just weird to me. So are the Oscars for like a large audience, you're just trying to be a populist award or are they this sort of snooty industry thing? And they've tried to have it both ways, obviously, for a long time. I think they're just floundering because they don't know what they are anymore. And you can see that by the films that win and the films that are nominated. And, you know, I think that's true of the industry as well, just in general, that like, it just doesn't know what it is anymore because the movies that we grew up with, with the, with the smaller Academy voting on, you, you could understand their taste you sort of knew what an Oscar movie was. We don't have that anymore. The, the Oscar, the, the, the Academy base has expanded and it's much more international. And, you know, so it's more difficult and, and it's younger. So it's more difficult to gauge what they like. And so you don't know what an Oscar movie is. There's no sort of middle-class mainstream movies anymore. You know, like you think about uh, Ridley Scott won for um, Gladiator in 2000, I think it was. Well, Gladiator this year is the last duel. Nobody, nobody sees it. Nobody cares. It's like- You wanna know why? That... Oh, you've told me this because Matt Damon and Ben Affleck are me. <laughs> I mean, I mean it, back when Gladiator came out, you know, Russell Crowe was on the upswing. Like that movie cemented him as like, you know, one of the the most popular you know great actors of at least that decade <clears throat> and i think it's very movies when you have people that have been around for a long time you need something like john travolta in pulp fiction where people kind of forgot about him he was working the whole time but not in like mainstream movies and wasn't like in the tabloids all the time you know you have something where someone kind of comes back and does something atypical and like Matt Damon's always around. He's been in a lot of big movies, but none of them, you know, are that special because Matt Damon's in them. I think he made a mistake casting that way because it didn't give any upside. You know, I think with sometimes with the risk with the movie, you need upside. Either you go get Leonardo DiCaprio so that you've overpaid for an actor that's going to come in, do his thing and deliver some sort of guaranteed result, or you need upswing. You can't overpay for an established star well, that doesn't have upside. I would argue that Jodie Comer is the upside in that movie because here's somebody who is, she's red hot. She's got the, the uh, Killing Eve show and like she's sort of coming up and, and all these things. So I would say that's the case. My argument is just that like those middle budgeted, middle brow for lack of a better word, movies, they're just becoming extinct. Well, I mean, I, yes and no. I still think that there's a pretty wide chasm. I do think that uh, Hans Zimmer's score for Gladiator, I won't put mm -hmm. it in a John Williams, you know, Star Wars, E.T., but I mean, that that score elevated that movie a ton from what it was. And, it, it, you know, it's kind of like almost like a Forrest Gump sort of thing where, you know, I know Alan Silverstreet is not a household name and nor is he one of the most acclaimed Sometimes if you get the right score, it kind of multiplies the movie. Um, and I think that that's the case where in, you know, the last, the last duel, 
But also I think the fact is, is so many of that core audience that watches those movies have moved to streaming. Because again, yeah, my parents are older than the core demographic for the Gladiator, but I think they made up a significant portion of the revenue from that movie. They don't ever want to sit down and watch a two hour movie anymore. Like they just don't want to like, even like I will later, yeah. I'm like, this is a movie that you guys will love start to finish. There's no lulls. And they're like, ah, we'll watch a mediocre series. Cause it's only 20 to 40 minutes at a time. And we can kind okay. of decide when we stop. And so I think yeah. as much as people used to malign MTV for, you know, shortening everyone's attention span for quick cuts and all this sort of stuff. Well, if you look at the Academy Awards movies this year, uh, a lot of the movies don't have quick cuts. A lot of these are lingering, slow paced, and they're they're getting recognition. Yeah. So I think it's a little bit overplayed. But I think in terms of the older adult audience, they have less patience and time available to just sit and marinate in long narrative movies. And I think that you know you got to find a way to pull them. You got to have like an event type movie to pull them out. And I don't think a new Matt Damon movie uh, is going to do it. So if you're, if you're yeah, listening, Matt, I, I, this is not a direct attack on you. I'm sure you're a fine human being, but I don't think you're going to open a $100 million movie on your name alone anymore. <laughs> um, yes, I, I understand what you're saying, but um, I just think the Oscars, getting, getting back to the disaster area that is the Academy Awards, that those movies are the type of movies that people could coalesce around audiences could and it would create debate you know and so you'd get like oh you'd you'd have sort of art house people wanting the smaller movies to be uh glorified and then you know the mainstream people wanting other things and then all that and we don't really have that anymore i mean there's no sort of so for instance well let's do this let's let's go through the 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 Oh, best picture this is nominees. my favorite time of this yeah. podcast when we are going to go through. Yeah, and we've talked about this ad nauseum for people who've listened to previous ones. This shift from five movies to up to ten uh, was the beginning of the end of the Oscars, and for whatever reason, this year they mandated that they had to nominate ten. So it wasn't like yes. between five and ten. It's like we will find ten no matter how bad they are. And boy, oh boy, did they do a good job of making they, sure they, they really did a that. good job. So I've told you this before. I had to. Uh, I was doing a radio show, and they wanted to talk. It was it was uh, in the new year in January, and they're like, "Oh, we want to talk about the best movies of of twenty twenty one." You know, let's, let's talk about a list of the best ones. And so I had to try and put together a list, like a top ten list. And every year on my website, I write, you know, the the best movies of the year. And I can't. Yeah, I can't come up with a top 10 i can't even come up with a top five it's a brutal awful horrendous year in movie making so, so Mike, here's so the Mike list doesn't think there's five movies that are are worthy of being nominated but the academy nominated 10 so <laughs> ten. here are the yeah. 10 nominees for this year's oh, best picture here they are. the 10 nominees so number one belfast directed by kenneth Branagh. uh number two coda which we've talked about on this show Number three, Don't Look Up, a movie we talked about on the show. Uh, number four, Drive My Car, which actually, uh, I think today becomes available on, I think it's HBO Max. 
Um, I've not seen it. Dune, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, Nightmare Alley, which we've talked about on the show, The Power of the Dog, and West Side Story, which of course we've talked about on the show. Um, boy. You just want to keep naming a... movies? Because there's no differentiating between these and a <laughs> best picture. So just keep naming movies. That is, that is a mangy, mangy group. Um, now, the consensus seems to be that the power of the dog is the favorite. Um, that may have changed because this past Sunday, the SAG Awards happened, which are always hysterical to me because I, I forget about them every year, but they happened on Sunday. And CODA won um, for Best Ensemble and uh, Troy Kotzer won for Best Supporting Actor. So there's this whole movement now, and we're gonna hear this for weeks uh, until the ceremony that CODA is making a move to win Best Picture. You and I have talked about this. We've talked about CODA. To me, I find it enormously ridiculous that CODA is even nominated. This movie is, um, to call it amateurish, is really a, a slight against amateurs. It's, it's a Hallmark movie at best slightly elevated it, hallmark movie well that's your opinion it's slightly a hallmark elevated. movie <laughs> it's, and it's just not it's, this is ridiculous and i'm gonna you i'm gonna that? tell you why i think it has the upper leg even if it's kind of behind in the race right now to overtake power of the dog is i think it's a little bit of a i think even though they've been diversifying and expanding the um base that actually uh, makes the cast their ballots for this the way that it goes because it's not just everybody votes and then they tally them up it's like that tiered system where you get points of like none two three right. four five so it's like it gets weird but i think coda in terms of that versus uh power of the dog is a much more traditional watchable movie that like even if you don't like it it's like it's an easier watch and so i think on that card sheet it's going to rank higher across the without board. question and so i think that's why it's got to my idea that's why i think it's got the inside track to if it is such a thing as an upset i think that's the one is i mean even from all of the nominees that's the most palatable mainstream movie on these lists and because it's an art house small indie movie you can be like well it's an art house movie it's not a mainstream but the story right. is much more mainstream uh i I have to say I completely agree with that assessment because <laughs> I now you you have not seen the power of the dog yet. I I've I, I'm it. almost um, completed. I I have 20 minutes or so left. I've seen most of the movie. Oh god. Ooh, I wish I'd watched it like that, like piecemeal because it's it's just rough. It, so yeah, the power of the dog the, the thing about it is and people have complained about it. I wrote a review of it that was uh, negative and it's funny because all these critics love it and I'm just like this is a movie about masculinity made by people who know nothing about masculinity. And it's people have complained it's boring, it's too slow, it doesn't, I don't even think it's a very well-made film, but that it, it's just been sort of anointed somehow. And I think it's not good enough or enjoyable enough I, that, or yeah. compelling enough that three weeks of sustained pressure against it that it it will stand tall and here's the other part you're right about coda 
It is a feel good. Everybody can watch it. It's it's a Sundance film, but it's it's been on Apple Plus, and now people will actually watch it because yeah. it's nominated. So I think that's true. I think other movies. Let, so the Power of Dog has some. There will be people who will put it low on their yeah. their list. Uh, Don't look up is another movie that some people love. Some people hate. That's gonna be gonna have some. Some people it. hate. Coda is. I loathe it. Right? <laughs> well, there are a lot of people who like it. I'm not one of them. Yeah. But um, I just think like Coda doesn't have those marks against it. It's, it's sort it's, of benign enough that movie. it's gonna yeah. it's gonna come in third or fourth on everybody's list. And but that's the other ones above it are gonna be yeah. And and West Side Story is another one that's curious to me because Spielberg and it's sort of got a little momentum and it it's coming out I think on Disney Plus uh, today. It, it has no no shot of making its way to Best Picture. There's no no route for it to do so. Let's hope not. Um, there's not. There's not. Believe and me, Belfast is the other one. Did you see Belfast? I did. I did. And I mean, yeah, so Bel- Belfast. Go ahead. Well, Belfast is an interesting one because, I, again, I don't think it's a particularly good movie. Um, and it feels like it's just not solid enough. It, that's the closest to movie sneak away with it. to what used to be Oscar fair. You had like yes. a prominent yeah. actor that's got some chops as a director. Mm-hmm. It's an actor's piece. You know, it's a little bit off. Beautiful cast. Yeah. Ridiculously so, beautiful. Like, that to me feels like if you went back 10, 15 years, that would be one that could be nominated any year because it kind of fits the old traditional, let's go find an art house movie with talent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even if the movie totally. is a little bit different in the way it's told, we want to support that. So that that's what that movie is. And I think in, in, in the inner, oh, can't speak, in inner circles in Hollywood, I think this one is like, man, I wish... <laughs> I wish this one would have more juice, but they all know that it. I don't think it has enough to get to the finish line of the best picture either. Um, if yeah. this one, if this was an upset one, it'd be one of those ones where I'd be like, oh, okay, there's still some some hope because it, <laughs> it, it it at least fits what Oscars claim they used to be for. And I don't like you said, I don't know what they are supposed. Pardon me, supposed to be anymore. So uh, you know, if they would just let us yeah, know what it, what they're going for, then we can be like, okay, that makes sense. Right. And so the other interesting thing about CODA is that, and we all know this, and look, uh, we're one of the few people, or, or I am, who actually openly speak about this stuff because it's so uh, touchy. But like the Oscars want to sort of uh, signal their virtue, right? They, they, they've always been like that in one way or another, but they, they like to have they like to feel good about themselves. They do. And but if you look at this list, especially over the last six, seven, eight years, I don't really see any virtual signaling here. This feels the most neutral playing field for. Oh, no, I, I think I, I th- what I'm, my argument is, is that CODA allows them to do that because, of course, got it's it, very, it. yeah. very, very diverse in terms of, you know, the, the I think. Uh, Three of the top five actors in it um, are deaf, and it's a story about you know uh, yeah. deafness and things. So I, I and it's a feel good movie. So I feel like the Academy could be like, oh, this is good for sort of representation and diversity. 
uh, and things like that. And the other part of that is that it is, it's, it's almost impossible to imagine anybody winning Best Director besides Jane Campion because that's set in stone. It happened last year with Nomadland and uh, Chloe Zhao. They just want to give Best Director to a woman. And, you know, it's their prerogative. It's their award. So I'm wondering if that could split. So Best Director goes to Jane Campion and Power of the Dog, and they think, oh, we already did that for Power of the Dog. I don't particularly love that movie, but we're rewarding the director. And now we can reward a movie that makes me feel good, which is Coda. So I'm wondering if that's the case. We'll see. Who the hell knows? I mean, I... I... <sighs> I definitely think it's likely to be a split split award this year. I, I I would be surprised if someone gets enough momentum. I mean, it's weird looking at these because something like Dune is what people would equi- equate to something like Titanic. It's a mainstream big budget yes. from a studio, yep. but like yet Dune, it's like an art house movie. So like yeah. there should be coalescing around that film, and that film has like basically gone flat. I think it's a nomination just absolutely box, but there I'm surprised because yeah, uh, Dennis is so he's got so many good movies under his belt that the, you know, how there's no buzz. I mean, how the heck is Steven Spielberg getting buzz for West side right. story and there's nothing for Dune. That's the weird that, thing. That to me is the most surprising bit out of all of these. And, Again, not and, arguing uh, it should be best picture, but it's just, why, right. is, why is it's it just, just radio the, silence? It's crazy. And I feel like it just, it just disappeared. Yeah. No buzz at all. No momentum, nothing. Well, it just I, was like. And they've, and they've announced Dune 2. They've already announced right. they greenlit it. So you would think yeah. as an industry, they'd be like, hey, let's, uh, let's kind of grease the wheels for the other $200 million movie we're going to have coming out in a couple of years. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, that surprises me a lot. Yeah, oh, it, 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 that surprises me as well. I, I just think, yeah, it's just so weird. that uh, The Academy Awards are just so bizarre now. Let's look at Best, best Director real quick. Oh, God. So Best Director, we have uh, Kenneth Branagh for Belfast, uh, Ryosuke Hamaguchi for Drive My Car, P.T. Anderson for Licorice Pizza, Jane Campion for The Power of the Dog, and Steven Spielberg for West Side Story. Again, Jane Campion's winning this award. It, it's almost yeah, impossible that she doesn't. There's no, there's nobody else that's going to compete with her because not only right. do they want that to happen, I, you know, the only outside is I don't know how you pronounce the Rizuki. I think that would be your dark horse, but I don't think yeah, there's momentum. I agree. Now, twenty years ago, Kenneth Branagh wins this award. Correct, right? Because well, that's, 20, that's how. That's how. Twenty years ago, he was nominated for what Henry the Eighth. Something like that, maybe yeah, closer yeah, yeah. to 30 Henry years fifth. ago. Henry V, yeah. Um, um, but you know what I mean? Like, because Hollywood loves the whole, oh, actor, directing guy. Um, but she, Jane Campion's winning this, I think. I, I, is it deserved? You know, who knows? What, what well, does that even mean anymore? Yeah, question is, <laughs> is any of the five deserving? I mean, right, I, feel, yeah. I feel like we're mailing it in. Let's just increase this to 10. And uh, let's just pick out a TV director and throw him in there for no apparent reason. That'd be great. <laughs> right, yes. Who's the next uh, so the 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 acting categories are kind of uh, strange. Best like actor, how, how how soft you are. They're a little strange. Yeah, best actor. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Javier Bardem for being the Ricardos. Benedict Cumberbatch 
the power of the dog, Andrew Garfield, Tick, Tick, Boom, Will Smith, King Richard, Denzel Washington, The Tragedy of Macbeth. So this is rough. This is this is a rough bunch. You, you what, what hobby Bardem is doing here? You, you, I don't know you follow what. the uh, the awards circuit more than I do, so you probably know have a more pulse on kind of what people are saying. To me, well, if I'm predicting, it's a two two man horse in this field, and I'm curious if if you think I'm even close. I think the safe bet would be Denzel because he's loved, but I don't think he's going to get it. I think the person that's going to get it is Andrew Garfield. Oh, wow. Um, I think uh, Will Smith is the front runner. What? He won this. He won the SAG award. Um, no way. No way. Will Smith out. is the front runner. He's been out campaigning. Yeah, he's the front runner. But here's the thing, and I think you're not incorrect about Andrew Garfield. From what I understand, from my, my extensive reading and from conversations I've had with some people, which were pretty funny, uh, Garfield's out there pressing the flesh, man. He is totally running. He's got his campaign moving. He's doing it. The sneaky one is not Denzel Washington. Benedict Cumberbatch. See, that's the sneaky one. We're, we're gonna, we're gonna. Well, if if Benedict wins, then it's a landslide for like he rides in in the coattails because that movie just everybody decides to jump on board and it's a unified movie. Because we'll talk about this in our thing. I'll be very curious to get in with his performance because he's a very interesting actor. Uh, he's done a lot of different things, some stronger than others. And there are parts of his acting in this movie that I really like. And there are parts where I'm like, are you joking with me right now? Yeah. So yeah. I, I think Andrew Garfield gets the bump because I think he, he's loved in that role for the like six people that have seen it. And then I think this, I think he's got this X factor of this love affair from Spider-Man where people oh, are remembering totally. and like, yep. kind of like that perfect he's like the perfect male role model that like now it's like he's kind of like the perfect guy and he's a yeah. likable guy and so like all yep. these external factors are coming in that's why i think that he's got a an outside chance of you know coming for a movie that i'm sure 90 percent of america won't see yeah i i agree i i think denzel uh has no shot um i think javier bardem i don't i don't know what he's doing here that that movie is awful he's <laughs> he's pretty awful in it I think you. I think Will Smith's the favorite, and I agree. I, I do think Cumberbatch could sneak one in there. Um, but, yeah, it's fascinating does, then, to see. Then, then there's no close on any of the. Uh, yeah, no, it's it's that's, a blow. That's a runaway. Yeah. That's like a nine Academy Award winning movie. Yeah, in which case, just forget about the Oscars. But here's the thing: is that people would people would love to see not me, but people would love to see Will Smith win, um, for his speech, and people would love to see Andrew Garfield win. Yeah, because. They do. People do like him, and it's and it's not. It just seems like he's a terrific guy. Yeah, like he he's that dude that everybody just likes. Um, he's the next actor. Tom Hanks that thirty years from now everyone's like, God, he's just he's just so right. likable, and you're like, well, that's right. that's awesome. <laughs> that's Very few of those come around. So, best actress. Uh, this is another catch as catch can here. Jessica Chastain, the eyes of Tammy Faye. She just won the SAG Award for that. Uh, Olivia Coleman, The Lost Daughter, she won Best Actress two years ago, I think. 
three years ago. Yeah. Penelope Cruz, Parallel Mothers. She has a Best Supporting Actress, I think. Nicole Kidman being Ricardo. She also has a Best Actress Award. And Kristen Stewart for Spencer. Um, I have no idea who the leader is in this group. This is one of the... Olivia Coleman. you'd think, because she's sort of the, the one right now, but I feel like she already got one. They're not going to give her another one. Well, I Jessica think... Chastain, that movie's terrible. I don't know what people are talking about. So here, here's, my, here's my hot take. Olivia Coleman, like she's un, undisputedly talented and I've watched almost this entire movie. Um, and it is, it's again, another type of movie that's not palatable to normal audiences. No, Her no. performance is so subtle that it's kind of like most people are like, oh, she didn't do much in it. You're kind of like, you're missing the point. But I think it's a movie that's not watched enough. I think she's won recently enough. And there's not those scenes where you can, like, if they take a scene from the movie, you know, as a clip, there's nothing that you're like, it's not like Jack Nicholson yelling about being up on the wall where you're like, whoa, that's a performance. There's none of those yeah, yeah. moments in there. So it's not an easy one to hang your hat on. I think that Kristen Stewart actually was very interesting in that movie. And maybe yes, because agreed. she in real life is also kind of a train wreck kind of, you know, there's, there's certain similarities to like just how difficult it seems like her life is and getting it together that it was almost autobiographical. And there are yeah. scenes that are electric. And then there are scenes I'm like, this is just, you know, Kristen Stewart. And I don't think she's liked very well in Hollywood. So without a performance that just blows people away, I don't think she's got enough muster to get there. Jessica Chastain is one of our best actresses working. However, sometimes I think, you know, she overplays things where it's like, she's such a big presence that sometimes yeah. it's like, it's almost too much for a role. And I think my guess is because she's playing one of the great enemies in real life, <laughs> televangelist uh, world and Hollywood by their nature is not a big fan of religion that if they can kind of, you know, poke, poke at it. I think, I think she's likely to have it because of her past, who she is and the subject matter of the film and the fact that nobody else has that definitive role that's going to take it from her. And she's never won before. Yeah. So I, it, and I think you're right. Um, I think you're right about all of that. Uh, I thought Kristen Stewart in that movie, Spencer, I thought she was very good in that movie. She was. Very good. And I, but I thought the movie failed. Correct. Which is, it's, it's tough. And that, that definitely hurts her. Uh, Nicole Kidman being the Ricardos. Nicole Kidman has a legit shot to win this thing. It, and it's crazy because this movie is dreadful. It's just, it's just a disaster area. But Nicole Kidman's very well liked. Lucille Ball is very well liked. Well, right? Lucille, Lucille <laughs> so, Ball is one of those, like, every time you read a story and how she was there, what she was doing and what she was pioneering, what she was advocating for. I mean, it's almost, she's a movie, she's a person, if you did a movie on her, would almost be too Christ-like. Like, you're just right. like, how does someone get that many things right? in their life she is she's unequivocally a talent that we will never see again uh and i yeah. think everyone in hollywood knows that she's just she's that special yeah so i i, I think you're right you, you know like jessica chastain she did win the sag award it was sort of a surprise uh, i i would give her the nod right now i think and i'm not saying she deserves it but just 
No, but I think it that's seems, where it's going. And I think it's yeah. a lot of these are by a fairly close margin. I agree with you, Jane Campion. Uh, I mean, that would be the upset of the night if she doesn't win. Oh, that would totally. Be, I don't know. Yeah. The rest of these are razor thin where if someone comes out of the blue, it's again, just kind of like, okay, you know, yeah. that person clearly is not liked in that uh, branch of the uh, uh, Academy <laughs> and that's why they voted them out. All right. So best supporting character uh, actors, uh, best supporting actor, Kieran Hines, Belfast, Troy Kotzer, Coda, Jesse Plemons, Power of the Dog, J.K. Simmons being the Ricardos, Cody Smith McPhee, uh, the Power of the Dog. Now, the consensus was, by the way, that Cody Smith McPhee was going to run away with this. He was head and shoulders beyond everybody else. And the funny thing happened. He didn't win the SAG Award. Troy Kotzer won it for Coda. And I actually think Troy Kotzer is going to win the Oscar for this. Um, it, it, it's not a great group. Uh, none of these performances struck me as uh, very powerful, but I think Troy Kotzer is going to win this thing. And uh, he's an older actor. He he's been around. He's done his thing, and and uh, I think people like his story. That's what I think, Barry. Yeah, I think I think it's I think it's him by a slim margin. I actually really, really loved Kieran Hines' performance in Belfast. I really like him as an actor, and I thought he was one of the more bright spots of that movie. Um, but I just don't think there's enough for anything for that movie to push him. I think if people saw yeah. it, he he would be much more in play. But I think I think it's between. I don't. I don't think. See, I didn't. I wasn't as much enamored with Cody's performance. I thought it was very uneven. There are times where I'm like, Oh, I didn't, I didn't like it at all. So, so yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't consider that close. I think Troy, Troy should have this one by less than a slim margin than some of the other ones that we've talked <laughs> well, it's, about. It, I only I'm definitely say not that. betting the house on any of these. Yeah. <laughs> That's for sure. I only say Cody Smith McPhee was the front runner. That was the consensus among sort of the, the, talking heads out there that he was going to run away with it i think i, I think thought the, the performance was pretty pretty dull actually. my question is how many of the talking heads were doing it prior to seeing the movie because i think they oftentimes tried just like uh what's the guy from dune that i can't stand um the younger kid that's now in everything uh oh, what is his name that little turd uh <laughs> oh i'm just drawing a blank on it. timothy chalamet yeah. but there's always a kid that comes along that they want to rally is the next big thing. And so I think sometimes the talking heads just pick up if someone's been in a couple shows or movies that have some juice behind it, they're ready for them to be, and they want to be early on the train. And I feel like this is people trying to throw darts at a board for the future, kind of before having all the facts. And so I, if that was a consensus, I, I don't think there's any universe of which Troy or Cody walks away with it. I think Troy, Troy is yeah. the, the favorite here. All right, we agree on that. Okay, Best Supporting Actress, Jesse Buckley, The Lost Daughter, Ariana DeBose, West Side Story, Judy Dench, Belfast, Kirsten Dunst, The Power of the Dog, Anjanou Ellis, King Richard. Um, Ariana DeBose is going to win this award. Uh, she won the SAG Award. Um, she, I think she's very good in West Side Story. Well, she's, she's very good. She's the best thing in West Side Story. Without question. By, by a landslide. I mean, yeah, she, she's a dynamic, everybody else. Yeah. Dynamic performer in that movie. Just terrific. Um, none of these really moved me. Judy Dench, you can never go wrong with Judy Dench. 
Um, I think Kirsten Dunst is actually the best thing in The Power of the Dog, oddly enough. Really? Uh, Ingenue Ellis, I don't know what the hell she's doing being nominated for that role. Uh, Jesse Buckley, I think Jesse Buckley is a good actress. I just don't think that role is, is much, and I don't think she's that great in the movie. Ariana DeBose is one of those people. I think I think we, we know what's happening. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, if there, the, the only two chances for an upset would be Kirsten Dunst, again, if Power of the Dog just becomes a juggernaut, which I don't think it yeah. will. And or if people start to feel like Judy Dench might be stepping away and this is kind of like a life achievement mm. award. Yeah. I kind of thought that she was stepping away, but she keeps popping up in like two or three yeah. years. <laughs> but I don't think there's enough, there's not enough of that feeling like we're we're we've seen the last of Dame Judy. So I think yeah. Ariana, you know, is safe and from from an underdog. Yeah, I, I do too. I and look, I would have no problem with Judy Dench winning. I love Judy Dench. Yeah. Um it, phenomenal but yeah i don't think she's gonna win so just uh here's a little something i just did um 20 the movies from 2019 oh gosh here are the nominees listen to this parasite one boy oh boy right boy, remember already versus all 10 combined right. aren't even in the neighborhood of parasite forget it i mean just ridiculous uh, here are the nominees, though. This is interesting. Ford versus Ferrari. That's your What's interesting about that, right? That's, yeah. That's, that's, that's the, movie. the Hollywood movie. Yeah. You know? And it was good, too, um, by the way. Like, yeah, that was actually was a good. good movie. Terrific movie. Uh, the Irishman, Martin okay. Scorsese. Right? Heavy, yeah. three hour, whatever it was. Uh, Jojo Rabbit, which, you know, we talked about. Jojo Rabbit, I just watched it for the first time since 2019 and it's better watching it multiple times like that movie is brilliant brilliant yeah. brilliant brilliant taika waititi is he is such all, a talent it's unreal is. unreal really, and, and i when i wrote my review of that i said you know this is uncomfortable to say but like this movie would have been so much better if there were more hitler in it <laughs> Yes, yeah. Hitler's the funniest goddamn thing in this movie, and that's really uncomfortable. But it, this is true. So uh, I don't okay, know you, so before you finish that, just side tangent. Did you know that he was involved in directing at least one, if not two, of the Mandalorian episodes in season one? I didn't know that. No, you need to go on Apple Plus and watch the making of the Mandalorian. The the directors they picked. I didn't know he was part of it. But hearing him talk and play with the other like directors and with them, it was like a side I've never seen of him. And I'm like, this is how the heck did they get Tini to direct not not the pilot, just a random episode? And you're like, yeah. whoa, the power of Star Wars is great, right? <laughs> absolutely Jeez. great. But man alive, he is a he is a world class talent. Yeah, I love that guy. He's awesome. Um, okay, so Parasite, Ford versus Ferrari, The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit joker oh man right just stop um, this just makes this year's that much worse <laughs> then then there's two that we could probably do without little women yep. and then marriage story which light my light oh. me on fire that that movie, movie but then awesome. the final two 1917 sam mendez yeah um and once upon a time in hollywood Quentin Tarantino. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now you're talking. This is a, a loaded category. I mean, this and, and this is one of the all-time great years. <laughs> where, like, those movies are gonna. 
most i'd say four or five of them will be all-time greats forever a couple I mean, just like, incredible like, oh i remember that one and then a few will be yeah. unforgettable 1917 little women uh you could throw those down the the dumpster fire uh <laughs> you know once upon a ta- time in hollywood will be around but it's because of the love of quentin not because of the strength yeah. of the movie um i disagree we we, we can no i'm just I'm, I'm saying in yeah. general like i like the movie yeah. i'm just saying like i think that of his repertoire if people are just going to go pick that's not in his top tier of ones that people are going to buy just it, might, it might be one of his better movies i'm just saying <laughs> things like kill bill things like pulp Fiction. there's ones that yeah. have like gone bigger yeah. than the movie and those are going to yeah. be the ones that people gravitate to first it's like buster yes. king um, people think the general's the best it's not it's just the one that everybody critically i disagree mm. my son disagrees vehemently i, I didn't say it was he a bad movie i just don't general. think it's his best movie but anyway he I says my my son says that the general is not just Buster Keaton's best movie. It's the best movie of all time. It's the best movie. Well, just you know what? Period. That I can't really argue with because as long right. as Buster Keaton in the call for the best <laughs> movie of all time, I'm I'm supportive of the take. But you think about this list and like Parasite's a perfect example of like you and I we we've done multiple discussions about Parasite. It's so amazing it's such yeah. an exquisitely crafted movie just incredible start to finish amazing and then you go to the list this year and you're just like what the fuck <laughs> is this pile of dog shit that i am supposed to watch and care about it's brutal it's absolutely brutal oh good lord so those are the academy awards it's a down year for cinema we know this I, last I think, year by the way was not a particularly good year no, either it was not but i'm gonna say <laughs> yeah before we're not gonna go through all the categories i think you have to pick one of the categories they're moving off of prime time and we got to talk about that we got to give some love to at least one category they're not going to air i'll let you pick which of the whatever all five right so here, here are the there are eight awards that they are they're taping um prior to the show so like the people nominated for these are like when the celebrities are out on the red carpet they're in these people are in winning their awards we and they're going to show it but it's edited and there it's going to be in an empty auditorium wow everybody's dream spend a lifetime crafting art and make sure you do it to an empty audience it's so weird um so here are the subjects documentary short um animated short live action short uh film editing Makeup and hairstyling, original score, production design, and uh, sound. So, now think outside about that. of documentary short and documentary live action, it's not like those other categories are at all critical to making a great movie. Like, well, I was just going to say to you, just and and even, I mean, we work in this business, and we work more importantly, you know in film like so what makes film film is editing yeah it's in a way it's the most important part of the process at least uh you know post-production yeah um, but i mean like if you, you don't know, have like, production design the movie looks like absolute crap <laughs> if you don't yes. have good hair and yeah. makeup, and, people and, look like a dumpster fire unless you're doing venom exactly and you just tell and, what's his name to climb out of bed every day and we're ready to go and then outside of that <laughs> and then the thing that kills me besides editing is sound because 
you and I both know. Sound is like the most, it's the number one, it's in many ways the most difficult, but it's the most important. You gotta have good sound or it's like, it means nothing. So let's do this. Let's do editing and sound. Okay. Sorry, with film editing? Look at those nominees. Yeah. Best in editing, you look best at the sound. four movies nominated, and you're like, well, maybe we can just broadcast these ones later. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because they already cut down the sound. There used to be two sound categories. Yeah, it was sound, sound uh, effects and sound design. Yeah, it was like set, no, it was sound editing and sound design. Yeah. So, uh, best film editing, five nominees Don't Look Up, Dune, King Richard, The Power of the Dog, Tick, Tick, Boom. Oh boy. Uh we'll start what you think. I think probably the front runner has to be Power of the Dog in terms of they're gonna try to give that movie a couple awards. But I think Joe Walker's got a shot because they're gonna want to give some award uh, to yeah, Dune. Yeah, yeah. And Dune is a longer epic. But what's funny is one of the things I liked about Power of the Dog is the boldness and the what they were holding on, how they're like it was a little bit kind of out of the box or a little bit atypical. So if someone from Power of the Dog should be considered, it's probably the editor more than anyone else. But I think he's going to lose out to Joe Walker in Dune. I think you're right. I, I think Dune's going to do quite well in the technical categories. Um, so, yeah, I, I agree. I think, uh, yeah, the Power of the Dog's interesting for that reason, that in terms of editing, it doesn't, it, it, it lets uh, stuff sit there for quite a while, uh, which is a choice and, you know, sometimes a good one. Now let's do best sound. Uh, best sound. These are, boy, this is a weird collection. Two, two, it's a two, two man or two film race in this one to me. I'll let you start on this one. All right. Well, here we go. Here are the nominees. Belfast, Dune, No Time to Die, Power of the Dog, West Side Story. Um, I think Dune is one of the uh one of the two yep and uh the other is uh west side story no no okay no no time to die yeah yeah i I think i think this is like the lord of the rings like they know it's the last raw you know it's a big budget thing it got delayed for two years i think i think bond is going to (laughs) deliver One last present to Q. I uh, can see that. I can totally see that. Yeah. yeah. I, th- I mean, I think there's so much that goes into a movie like that that it's just hard not to argue. If they're going to lump everything in, so much goes into a movie of that size. I think this is where the Hollywood blockbusters where they're spending buku dollars comes into play because I just don't... The power of the dog, the sound, in no way, shape, or form was a definitive of the movie. I think something like yeah, Coda yeah. would be better suited... If you're going to just go for one of the front runners for the awards, yeah, so I, I think it's the two big ones, Dune and uh, No Time to Die. Yeah, so it'll be interesting come Oscar night. Um, you know, another one which will be interesting is Best Original Score, which we won't see, of course. But um, here are the nominees for Best Original Score: Don't Look Up, Dune, Encanto, Parallel Mothers, and The Power of the Dog. What makes this interesting are the people involved: Johnny Greenwood. Uh, the guitarist for Radiohead. It did Power of the Dog. He's been nominated a ton in the last, you know, 15 years. He's he's extraordinary and he's never won. 
Uh, Hans Zimmer for Doom has never won. That is crazy. That is, crazy that is that is honestly a crazy stat. Right. I think the only reason That's he hasn't won is because most of his career he's been up against John Williams. Right. I think in any other area, he's got like 10 Oscars. <laughs> and so you wonder, is this the Hans Zimmer year? And is, is this sort of the, again, Dune sort of doing well on the technical stuff? But I'm gonna, I'm who gonna knows? Go, I'm going to go outside the box and I'm going to say that this one yeah. is going to surprise you. I think it's not going to be close, but I think Encanto is going to win. Yeah, I, I've heard other people say that. I think it, it, the I think, music's really popular. Yeah, yeah, no, it's really popular, and it checks many boxes, and I, I think they're going to give it to an animated movie, not a, a, a traditional movie in the sense. Interesting. Well, the Academy yeah, Awards... All by slim, are, slim margins. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be a wild one. Uh, it'll be interesting to see which way it goes. It's tough, I have to be honest. It's tough to really care. Um, because oh, I don't, I, there are I don't no, care anymore. Like, yeah, it, there, there's just nothing that can that, that holds me to it. Um, but it's going to happen, and and well, maybe we'll talk about it. I don't know. It's, it's just it's just so weird. It, it feels like you're watching this this sort of institution can, just can, crumble yeah. in front of us. I the only way they could save the Academy Awards this year is coming out making a surprise announcement that they're moving Jojo Rabbit's eligibility to this year. Right. There's an 11th film and it wins Best Picture. If that happens, the Oscars are back, baby. <laughs> I think what they should do is for, for if they're going to do that, to heighten the controversy is just award it to Joker instead. <laughs> and, then, and then just watch Twitter literally explode. It, it will be like an atomic bomb going off. That, that'll be eligible for next year's Oscars. Just, if there's a down year, they go back into history and grab, grab old films. All right, so we've talked the Oscars. We're going to do something else real quick. We're, we're just going to talk about a movie we haven't seen yet. The Batman, which comes out tomorrow night. And hopefully both Barry and I will be able to see it tomorrow night. Um, it's directed and written by Matt Reeves. Somebody Barry and I both like very much. Very uh, he did two of the three uh, Planet of the Apes movies in the most recent uh, reboot. And uh, this movie stars Robert Pattinson as Batman. A very interesting choice. Zoe Kravitz, Paul Dano, Jeffrey Wright, John Turturro, Peter Starr, Andy Serkis, Tom Farrell. Uh, that's a pretty nice proof you got there uh, in this movie. It's got a budget of two hundred million dollars. It says one eighty-five to two hundred. It's two hundred. Let's not kid ourselves, okay? Um, what are your expectations for this movie, Barry? It's a three-hour movie, by the way, everybody. Just so you know, it's one hundred seventy-six minutes long, and uh, that's very rare for this type of film. It's uh, it's going to be interesting. So, Barry, what do you think? What are your expectations for this? What are your hopes, your fears, your dreams, your aspirations? Well, I'm now, I'm now old enough to have gone through several iterations of Batman being rebooted and uh, just yeah. sitting back and watching to see what happens. So the biggest shock that I had is when I saw the first uh, Michael Keaton, um, Tim Burton. 
I w- did not grow up on the comics, so I was not necessarily prepared for the dark side of Batman. <laughs> I grew yeah. up watching Batman with uh, Bert w- or uh, uh, Adam West, and uh, right, and and so it was a little bit different for me. So now that I know that every Batman movie we're going to get from now until the end of eternity is going to be dark, 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 and yeah. I wish. I mean, boy, oh boy, would it not if Tiki Watiti did a com- comedic Batman? Yeah. I would wait in line for a week to see that movie. So I'm just going to put that in the universe and maybe that'll come true someday. Um, I'm, I've been a fan of Robert Pattinson. Um, he's not the greatest actor on, of his generation, but he's got skills. And I think he's going to play this well enough that people will kind of be like, okay, you know, because people come around, like you announce Christian Bale, you're like, oh, and then all of a sudden like, oh, he's pretty good. I think it's going to be one of those things where even if you don't think he's the best, people will be like, I'm okay with that. I'm mostly concerned about Zoe Kravitz because she's also got big shoes to follow. And I'm very curious what they're going to do with the character, but she seems to have the dark side down, but like Michelle Pfeiffer had some levity to her and mm. Hathaway. They didn't show it as much, but there were some moments where it was like Catwoman, Like, what is she like when she's not Catwoman? And I think we're going to get yeah. a lot of brooding dark, you know, stuff. And I, like, I've always said, the greatest movies find ways to interject humor in very dark and serious movies. And that's what makes them palatable. My biggest concern with the previews are if they didn't do that in this movie, three hours with no laughing is a long time. Like it's going to be just smacking you in the face. If you go back to Nolan's movies, there are times where there's a funny line, a funny scene. They allow some of that pressure to be let out. So that's my biggest concern between the movie but i'm i'm cautiously optimistic because matt reeves most of what he's done warrants the benefit of the doubt and i know for a while when they were making this they were trying to come out with rumors that this is going to be a dumpster fire and everyone was going to hate it and i think that was kind of a orchestrated campaign to lower expectations mm. more so than a, a general concern over the movie because most i try to stay away from previews and and talking but it, it seems like the buzz around this one is that this is a solid entry into the Batman universe. So I'm, I'm expecting not to love it, but to go, yeah, I'd like to see where they're going to go with this. And I just hope yeah. that, uh, I hope that there's some chemistry between Zoe and uh, Robert. And I hope that there's some comedy uh, kind of layered in. Cause if there's not, Oh man, I'm going to go get some snacks and go to the bathroom halfway through just to <laughs> escape the madness. Yeah, I I am uh, cautiously optimistic as well. My thing is, um, my expectation is, I don't need it to be great. No, I don't either. I I just need it to be good enough that there's another one. Yeah. And the reason I say that is because, you know, Reeves did, again, the, the second and third Planet of the Apes movies. The second one wasn't great. It was fine. Uh, the third one was great. Third one, and, was phenomenal. Yeah, <laughs> really good. And, and you think about you think about uh, Christopher Nolan's Batman's. The first one is the most difficult one. Yeah, because it 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 doesn't have a very compelling villain. It sort of is a little muddled and things. But it was good enough that you got to Dark Knight. Yeah, and that's all you want. And with this one, I have to say, Paul Dano and uh an actor i really like and from what i can piece together it's and from what i read they're sort of uh turning the riddler into this almost um 
Zodiac killer type thing and playing on Fincher's movie Zodiac, which, you know, we've talked about that. That movie is just amazing. So I am cautiously optimistic, not that it's going to be great, but that it's going to be good enough. And I hope that it is. And the cast is phenomenal. I agree with you about Zoe Kravitz. I'm always a little, I'm a little baffled as to why she's a thing. Um, she doesn't seem to be particularly good at acting. Um, she she's obviously very beautiful, but so I'll be interested to see. And and hopefully she's good. I agree with you on Pattinson. He has the same with his ex girlfriend, uh, Kristen Stewart. They've done such a masterful job of rebounding from. It's funny you have to talk about rebounding, but they made so much money with Twilight and they were so famous and they were able to reinvent themselves incredibly successfully as real actors. I'm just going to tell you, though, they had maybe the greatest path forward that was blazed before them. I got to believe they're friends. But can you not marvel at Daniel Radcliffe's career post? Yeah. I mean, literally, he's now playing Weird Al Yankovic. I could not yeah. be more excited to see a movie starring Daniel Radcliffe playing Weird Al. <laughs> I'm like, what is the world coming to? But there's just, he's got like, I mean, he takes risks. There's like a love of life. Like, obviously, money is no longer an issue for him. But there's a certain right. amount of like, I just love it. And I hope that they follow that where they they take some risks. They do some weird stuff. I mean, I think both Kristen and uh, Robert are going a little bit more mainstream. But I think, you know, Throw in some crazy ones every now and again. Go go a little wild. Uh, I think people will will appreciate that. But you do, and what Kristen Stewart did, which was so smart, is she went to France. She made a bunch of French movies. Yeah, um, which I found actually quite good. Uh, Clouds of Sils Maria and uh, the other one I can't remember, the Ghost one, uh, which was very good. And Robert Pattinson did the same thing. He did that movie with uh, Claire Denis. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, well, Lighthouse. Yeah, but he did the Claire Denis film which I really liked and, and was a real art house film. Um, just really smart. And now, boom, like you're coming back to it on your terms, you know, and that's the way to do it, man. Good for him. And it's weird. I never would have thought I'd be rooting for either one of them <laughs> during the twilight years. I was just like, what is this horse shit? But now, now I find myself actively rooting for them. And uh, so yeah. I hope the movie's good. I'm going to I'm gonna do one last side thing is talking about Twilight, the big three of Robert Pattinson, Kristen Stewart, and then you had uh, Taylor Lautner. Oh, poor Taylor. And I wonder what yeah. happened to poor Taylor Lautner. And the other day, I was unfortunate to watch the Netflix movie starring <laughs> Kevin James as none other than the evil villain, uh, Sean Payton of the uh, oh. Saints and his feel-good story when he was kicked out of football. And Taylor Lautner's in it. And I was like, oh, how the mighty have fallen. <laughs> wow. So we got Holy Taylor cow. Lautner being in disastrous fare by Adam Sandler's, like, you know, offshoot of his thing. Uh, and then you got people are being nominated for Academy Awards and leading the most anticipated movie of the year. Uh, and he's like, where did I go wrong? I remember <laughs> I've had this experience twice in my life. The first was in the 90s when I saw it was a Billy Baldwin, I think Billy, and um, Cindy Crawford did a movie. And it was like her one movie. And I saw it in the theater. And it was like, Cindy Crawford was so wooden. And like, oh. 
it was so funny because she barely it it seemed like she was just had stumbled onto stat like the way she spoke and it, she was just so dead in the eyes it was crazy i'm pretty and sure then, it was fair game is the movie yep with yes, william Baldwin yeah. and cindy crawford yep and then i saw you know and the twilight thing i was never that was never my interest but i remember i saw the taylor lautner did like an action movie oh um, i didn't see it but i remember when it came out yes i was like i watched it and i thought this is the male cindy crawford like this dude is so empty behind, there's just just such a dullard abduction barely abduction is the name of the movie <laughs> so bad and he's so awful in it and i'm just like you know what he's a great looking kid and he's got a ton of money good for him but like this is this is torture this poor bastard is just as dumb as a stump because this is the academy awards special podcast my prediction in the next year or two somehow some way taylor lautner is going to get himself a nomination (laughs) in some art house movie and we're going to revisit this exact conversation go what just happened so wait for taylor lautner's comeback it's coming i what my hope (laughs) is that cindy crawford and taylor lautner do a remake of the graduate oh man that i think it would be so good dustin hoffman's rolling over in his grave right now (laughs) oh my gosh so good love it all right so we talked batman we talked the oscars we are done talking for the moment um but we'll be back soon after we see the batman and we'll talk about it all right everybody thanks for tuning in to look in california film minnesota we appreciate it and we will see you next time at the movies